Welcome to another episode of Gonzaga Nation SI. I'm your host, Adam Orson, with Dan Dickow. Second time leading the show. We got a decent score from Dan across the way on the first one, so I feel pretty good about myself. <laughs> he said I was a good lead, and like if we were doing the tango or something, I was a good lead. So my heart is full right now with that, <laughs> that comparison. But uh, let's get into the nuts and bolts a little bit of uh, Gonzaga's uh, games coming up or... What five and zero in WCC six and zero? I had it written down somewhere. We we just know Gonzaga is dominant right now. Yeah, five and zero, six and zero. I can't way. keep track with all the postponements from earlier. In that's the what I'm saying. Like I'm trying to. I look at all, all the other teams' records, and I'm like, what? Oh, they played nine games already, and we've only. So anyway, USD going down there makeup game. It was supposed to be the first game of the West Coast Conference season. Six and three right now, like playing good. Sam Scholl has them playing good. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? You know that. First part of the trip, because it's the USD, BYU, BYU, we all know that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but this is kind of a sneaky team that's uh, playing good basketball right now. No, it really is. And uh, it's interesting because you, you weren't expecting anything out of USD. Yeah. And I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. I think Sam Scholl's a great guy. He's a Northwest guy. Uh, I think he's a good coach. Yeah. Um, but he was he, he's in a tough spot because of uh, just how different – teams in the league have elevated over the last couple of years and they kind of just seem to stay the same. Well, yeah. this year they're the team that's elevated um, kind of out of the blue. And and I think a lot of it is, is due to um, one, they got a good point guard as a freshman that mm-hmm. is stayed home. He's a San Diego kid, Wayne McKinney jr. He decided to stay home and that's big for any program just to keep, keep your hometown kids like a lot like Anton Watson. Yeah. You want your best kids. You got to be selective, but you get your best kids to stay home. You got a chance to build some pride in, in the program. Uh, but then Marcellus Erlington's played really well, yeah. kind of an undersized, bigger guy. Occasionally he'll, he'll make a shot from the outside, but he's tough. Um, but when I texted with Sam the other day, um, cause we're going to have him on, on a game preview later this week, he basically told me, hey, our guys are believing right now, that's and good. we're playing together. And that's the first step many times, because mm-hmm. unfortunately, you would know, if you're not on a good team, if you don't believe you can actually make a jump or make a difference, it's real then you have no chance. Real quick. It gets real selfish real quick. And mm-hmm. I, in my pro career, and I don't want to go down the pro uh, kind of rabbit hole yet, but you were on good pro teams. With the Lakers. Yes. You were on bad pro teams with the Bobcats. Yep. I was on pretty much all bad pro teams. Yeah. And by about 20 games in, you're like, well, season's done May 14th. Where are we going on vacation on May 15th? Yep. And, First you know, I think smoking. what you're seeing with San Diego is is they've bought in early. They've had some success. And now they're playing with a lot of confidence. Yeah. Almost house money. Yeah. No, I, I think I was looking at the record and they've that obviously have some good wins, but it was like this team has come out of nowhere and like six and three, like that's what San Francisco thought they were going to be. That's what BYU thought they were going to be. You know what I mean? It's like, and I've always thought uh, Sam does a decent job of, you know, X's and O's and scheme. And a lot of times I look at it through a lens with like, okay, we got a lot better players. So judge on just Mm -hmm. the actions and what they're trying to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And so I think he's a good coach and it's good for our program in the league that, you know, another team's, putting up wins, but that's interesting that he put it that way. It's like, if you don't have belief in the locker room, I mean, everybody knows that no matter what level you've played at, if you don't believe that you can win, you're not going to win most of the time. You're not going to luck your way or or just dumb your way into wins. So 
Um, that's half the battle, especially at programs that are trying to, you know, elevate themselves is you got to get a group of three or four, you know, recruiting class that are maybe one class apart that can be a core. And then everybody else kind of has to follow as a, as a, as a teammate, as a player, if you don't have that, it makes it really difficult. Then you're just kind of going in and going through the motions. Um, how much belief did Kobe have? A ton. (laughs) I mean, and, and I guess obviously you can see that he had it, but did he, was he one of those guys that it, it rubbed off on other guys? Did he encourage guys? Because I played with a couple of really good players. That, that To me, the teammates that stood out were uh, Brandon Roy, even though he's a fr- uh, rookie, mm-hmm. um, Paul Pierce, and Dirk Nowitzki. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, like, it, there's another step down. Yeah, yeah. But did, like with Dirk, he elevated guys' belief in themselves. Yeah. Paul didn't. He did on occasion, but it, it, he didn't really – take that role until Ray Allen and KG came a couple of years later. Yeah. How was Kobe with that? Yeah, no, he was, uh, definitely a, um, you know, he was self-motivated in himself. So then that, that kind of reverberated to everybody else. Mm-hmm. So like it, it was kind of the lead by example deal. Obviously he had encouragement, but he was also like, Hey, I'm, here at 5 a.m., like, you shouldn't be complaining about being tired. Yeah. So, like, that's <laughs> yeah. how he kind of led by example. The voice in that locker room was more Derek Fisher on of, hey, come on, let's go, guys. Yeah. Great game tonight. Not that Kobe never did it, but he was more of, like, hey, I, you know, I just separated my shoulder and I played, like, your ankle hurts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it was never anything like, oh, you know, like, in a negative way, but, like, as a teammate and as an organization, if your best player is doing that, has the belief, yeah. mind over matters, kind of what Sam is talking about, at, at, at obviously at a lower level, but like once you get that synced mind, then the team will follow. And he obviously had that, uh, you know, that toughness. Everybody knows about his toughness, but yeah. when you see it up first name, you're like, holy smokes, man. Yeah. Like this guy really is dedicated to his craft. It's like Tom Brady's deal, you know, he announced his retirement and stuff. It's like Kobe was the same way. Like they're obsessed with their craft. Like, yeah. It's like, good luck to whoever is going to be around him for that first year. Like, mm-hmm. not that he's going to be a jerk. It's just like, you got to find something to drive that into. And I, obviously, Kobe found it with uh, you know his business ventures, and then that those films he did and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like he was definitely a guy that like, hey man, I'm doing this. You need to get up to my level. <laughs> so, it was, yeah. you know, it was one of those deals where I was like, yeah, man, you heard all the rumors and are just not rumors or just like, yeah, this guy works really hard. You're like, yeah, okay, everybody does. And yeah. then you get there and you're like, oh, there's this hard to this hard. Oh, I mm-hmm. get it. Makes sense. Yeah. That's why he's going to be all-time great in Hall of Fame and all that stuff. So uh, let's move on to a BYU preview. Um, five and three right now, I believe. Two tough losses to... Pacific or yeah, Pacific at Pacific where they were down 15 or 13 came back and made it tight. Pacific held on to be frank. It's not a good loss for their tournament resume because they're a tournament team in my opinion. And then a tough loss at uh, Santa Clara where they lost at the buzzer. Um, What are your thoughts on where this team is at? Because in the previous episode, we talked about how uh, good, you know, good a coach Mark Pope is and, and, and you know, he is, um, but this team's kind of struggling right now, and they they look at a, us as a kind of an equal, and they know they're probably not number one team in the country, but they look view themselves right below Gonzaga. Like, yeah, I think it it, out. they've got to be looking at 
you know, the Saturday game is a get right game or, uh, or lock themselves into an NCAA tournament bid game. Yeah. Um, because they, they cannot afford any more slip ups and neither can USF when we're talking NCAA tournament bids, St. Mary's, um, maybe in a better position than, uh, BYU right now. When you look at the, I think the net as of last, I looked on, on Monday was St. Mary's was 20. Mm -hmm. I think, BYU was like around 28 or 29 and yeah. USF was, uh, they didn't move much even after a loss, which no. was weird. Yeah. USF. Because it goes to the, you know, if you lose to good teams, it's not going to hurt yeah, quad you, one. but yeah, but the BYU lost to Pacific to Sa- Santa Clara. Wasn't a bad quad two. the Pacific. Yeah. That's a bad loss. That's a quad four yeah. loss. Um, but I think, you know, when you look at BYU, they even even on the years where Gonzaga was dominant, you know they were had that was twenty seventeen. They yeah. were about to be undefeated. Undefeated first year. They Final came four in. And they beat us on senior night. They yeah. beat us on senior night uh, with Nigel spokesman review. They had mm. the the t shirts mm. and the the newspaper printed up undefeated history, all mm. that. BYU, there's something about playing Gonzaga they get ready for. Yeah, um, and they give Gonzaga their best shot at all times. Because I've I've called BYU games before. We're like. They're a nice team. Yeah. And then you see them three weeks later, they're like, what the heck happened? They are, they're firing on all cylinders against yeah. GU. Yeah. No, I, I, I always say, you know, I say it on our broadcast when doing the radio, it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll have these bad losses and they'll come in and they just have always have a great plan, whether it was Dave yeah. Rose or uh, Mark Pope. Like there's always just a great plan. They try to take away our strengths, uh, make us play out of our bubble a little bit more than some other teams do. And I, again, I always, we, we try to stress like, Hey, you know, we're analyzing, we're not throwing guys under the bus coaching wise, but some are kind of just like bonehead decisions where you're like, why are you doing that? Or why aren't you trying to make Timmy go against his left shoulder? Like, you know what I mean? That's, like that's one that I've never understood. Like, yeah. You know what all, I'm saying? All bigs have a sweet spot, yeah. right, left, or or right block or left block, mm-hmm. <laughs> right shoulder, left shoulder. Timmy can go either way, yes. but if you let him get to that left shoulder jump hook, yeah. it's like nine times out of 10. Exactly. Even from 12 feet, it's going in. Yeah. No. So, you know, it's little things like that, that I think that they do a good job of trying to take away really tough place to play. What's that place called? The Marriott center. Yeah. Marriott, center. Marriott center. So they, you know, usually sell it out or it's close. And then there's probably, it's probably holds 12 to 13 or something like that. It's and big, yeah. it's big, it's bigger than in the West coast conference arenas. The students get after it. Um, so it's a fun game to call the, the Huddy and I called the game there where we lost on their senior night right before COVID year, whatever. <laughs> 2019, 2019. Yeah, yeah. 2019. And, and they stormed the court. I mean, it was like, you know, they defeated the Martians and it was funny, <laughs> but God bless them. You know, that's the Gonzaga has been uh, obviously the dominator in this conference. So for them, for them to get a win on senior night, like I understood it, it was just hard to call a game or do a, a post game uh, show with students like standing right next to you, like staring at you what, and they're yeah. like celebrating. I'm like, and next we have Bud Light here, you know, <laughs> just going through reads and stuff. It was, it was an interesting deal, but, um, they need it from a BYU standpoint. They need to have a, at least a, if they lose, it needs to be competitive. And you're exactly right. Cause yeah, you know, uh, you can slip really quick. And, and then if they're looking at their schedule, like, okay, we've lost, we, then it puts a lot of pressure. Like we have to beat San Francisco mm-hmm. coming up. 
have to beat St. Mary's, and St. Mary's always plays them good too. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of team we see on Saturday night because that's a big game for both for it, both clubs. It is. I, I think uh, you know when you look at Gonzaga's schedule. They have the toughest road left of anybody yeah. because they have to play St. Mary's at St. Mary's. Yep. They have to play at USF, yeah, USF. and at BYU. Um, so I know a lot of people are like, oh, Gonzaga is going to go undefeated in the league again. Now, I do think they are going to, but it's going to be a lot tougher than yeah. people think for think them so to, to accomplish that feat. And that's one thing Coach Few's always been, I, I think, so proud of with the program is – you know, the consistency of winning league titles yeah. and then the amount of how many undefeated seasons they've had in league. It, yeah. It's mind boggling when you think about it because yeah. it's tough. You get everybody's best shot. You know, teams so unbelievably well with, with adjustments and strengths, weaknesses, all that. So it, it would be a really big accomplishment to do that again this year. Well, then you can get in the doldrums too, as a cult, uh, coaching staff. And, and it sounds funny, but like, oh, if we go 12 and two, we're still yeah. going to NCAA turn. You know what I mean? Like, not that, that you would have that mindset, but it, it is for doing it for 20 plus years to, to be constantly like, and he was with our groups and same with yours, but obviously time has gone by. Hey man, we want to win league title. Like I yeah. want to kind of like rub it in these guys face every single year yeah. league title wise. And that's why I think they've been so good um, down the stretch here in these last decade of still having undefeated seasons. And then I always talk about it. As former players, like I, I like to talk about, I had two undefeated seasons. The only two yeah. games I lost were my sophomore year, but we still won the tournament and we won three league titles. But I, I never lost a home. Like you, you yeah. kind of feather in your cap of your, your groups. Like, yeah, we went undefeated. Like, and we won the tournament. It's well, awesome. You know, it's a cool thing to talk about later in yeah. your career. One hundred percent. And I think that that's what's so different about a smaller conference like a WCC where mm-hmm. you can't afford any slip ups. This is one of the only years I can remember where you might be afforded a slip up or two. Like we've talked about uh, with USF and St. Mary's BYU. But when I was at Washington before I came to Gonzaga, mm-hmm. I didn't understand. Like I was still a young player. We would go on a road trip and the coaches in practice that week would be like, all right, we got to get a split this week on the road. And I'm like, a split? split Don't we yeah, want to like win, win both? both? Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was like a foreign concept to me. Like you're, funny. you're not wanting to win both games. You just say, hey, yeah, if we get one, we're sense. okay. And then when I remember distinctly when I'm at Gonzaga, every game was prepared for to win. Yeah. And like, if we lost one game on the road, we were pissed. Yeah. Like, you kind of, and that goes along with the the expectations that you set within your program is like, we're expecting to win. Mm-hmm. Now it's Gonzaga is just expecting to win and fans and opponents are expecting them to win too. Yeah, no, it, it, I'm really looking forward to that game. Cause like I said, the atmosphere in there is, is great. Uh, Mark Pope's a good coach. He usually has a good plan. Um, this, you know, kind of take us out of a rhythm. I like Barcelo as a good player too. Like he's a little guy that could score shoot it, shoot it. And he's crafty, gets in the paint, makes plays for <laughs> other guys. So I, I, I like watching him uh, play. Um, last thing, it's, it's one of those questions, that, um, the internet questions. Do you think like BYU leaving the conference is good for their program or not? Like going yeah. to the big 12, it's either Next year or the year after, I've heard it's been it's going to be after this next season because of the buyout, mm-hmm. the TV deal stuff. So they would it wouldn't make sense to do it. But like let's just be 
Let's put our BYU hats yeah. on right now. Like, I, I think for BYU, they're unbelievably excited about it. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't you? And, and it's not a knock against the WCC. You and I both love the WCC. We mm-hmm. think it's a better league than than outsiders' perception many times is. I, I agree. And I think the the BYU did come in thinking they were going to, you know, kind of have a more of an elevated stature level in the league. Yeah. Like, we were going to ascend to the top and we weren't going to leave that perch. Well, that hasn't happened. Yeah. I think going to the big 12 is good for their brand. hundred percent. It's, yes. it's one of the most visible leagues out there. Um, it's a better, it's a more visible league than the pac 12. Absolutely. Um, but I think they also needed to go there because of football. I mean, to be mm-hmm. an independent in football these days is tough. It's almost impossible. Unless you're Notre Dame. Yeah. It's and again, Notre Dame. They're not Notre Dame. Exactly. I mean, nobody's Notre Dame mm-hmm. when you're talking college football. But going to the Big 12 is going to be difficult. When you're talking about those teams, Baylor just won a national title. Kansas has always talked about as being a Final Four contender. Texas Tech's pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma state's pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. Now I know a couple teams, I think it's Texas and Oklahoma went to the sec. Is they're that going right? to, yes, they're, they're moving there. Yes. You know, so maybe it creates a little bit of, you know, different philosophies in recruiting mm-hmm. or areas to recruit by these schools. But at the same time, it's a enormous undertaking, I think for BYU and I wish them the best of luck. And I do think they've got the right basketball coach in place in Mark yeah. Pope to take that challenge on because he's high energy, he's high knowledge, and he does a really good job. Well, I think, you know, to, to kind of, you know, answer the question too, I think it's good for them for football and brand. I think basketball for me, it's yet TBD. Sure. And I know it's a kind of a cop-out answer, but it's, you know, you go into, okay, what type of recruiting are they going to have to have to jump to a higher better league you know that's a real thing you got to talk about okay what type of player um f- from now to this league do we have to recruit a little bit outside of our areas things of that yeah. nature do we have a footprint in outside of our area if we don't then are we going to struggle um you know are we made to go into these bigger arenas that fill up and go win road <laughs> games because you got yeah. to obviously and and um you know we're obviously a big brand for other teams to you know they're going to come into the league with a target on their back as mm-hmm. well um so yeah it makes a thousand percent uh sense for football salt lake city <laughs> like that area for eyeballs for television yeah. like the, the the big 12 was probably like awesome yeah. like we get into that sweet and so but basketball you know and i'm just being fair this isn't a knock i think mark pope's a good coach i think they have a decent history the program's always played as hard blah 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 but like now you're going into a league where it's not just one gonzaga you know there's, a there's multiple multiple yeah. level of talented teams that you know can win a final four or get to a final four or at least get to a second weekend like you mentioned in the ncaa tournament it makes it tough there's no easy outs you know there's no you know where you're going to go play somebody at the bottom of the league that's a small university ball ball kind of like the wcc you're going to play a big big time power five university it's like when we were thinking about going to the mountain west uh, a few years ago when, you know, uh, Fiwi and, and the administration were a little bit upset with some of the rules and the, the money deviation, which made sense. But it was also like, if you really sat there and think like, all right, 
do we want to go to like Laramie in December, late December (laughs) and play like a good team in altitude. And then like, if you lose that game, it's terrible. But if you win it, it, it doesn't really help you. It's nothing against Laramie. I'm just using them as an example. It's a hard place to get to. That's what I'm saying. It's like, so that you have to think about that travel schedule. Um, I'm talking about BYU basketball now that, that has a, a factor into it, you know, a little bit tougher to get around and, um, you know, things of that nature. So I, to me, it's TBD for me. I think it's a, it's a brilliant move brand wise yeah. basketball. I'm just, and okay. Like God bless you. And I hope you guys do well, but they might be going into a gauntlet. Yeah. And they, they're proud. I, they're proud basketball fans. Yeah. Regardless of, of how talented they're going to be next year. And that's all to be determined because of the transfer portal yeah. and all this. I mean, you just would have to know as a BYU fan, you're not, you are going in just as you said to a gauntlet because yes. of those teams. They're reloading every year too. But I wanted your take on this because you you touched on it a little bit when Gonzaga flirted with the Mountain West. Yeah. Did you think there was any like chance Gonzaga was going to leave? No. Okay. I know exactly what they were doing. <laughs> I, I thought there was about a five percent. Yeah, five percent chance. That's I mean, I, it, it's essentially you know. Hey, we're going to see what's over there and then we're going to negotiate on our side yeah. where we really want to be. Well, they, they, it, it, but it was, it was logical. It wasn't Gonzaga strong arming him just for the sake of it. There was two issues. Um, one was the split with the revenue and so how it worked and don't quote me exact, but I, I think I got the layman's understanding of it was. So every time a team from a conference advances to the NCAA tournament, there's a pool of money that gets sent to the conference well, Gonzaga was getting the same share as whomever. Yeah. The so that's units, I think is what the they units. call them. Yeah. So the argument was like, we've been to 20 straight years and you guys don't even try to win. I'm just using anybody. Mm-hmm. Why do you get this money if you're not using it to better, you know, for your program, for your program? It's exactly right. It doesn't mean they don't get anything. It doesn't mean we get the lion's share, but it's like, you should get rewarded for success. You know, I mean, we live in a capitalistic country, like yeah. success, you get rewarded. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the other thing was Fuey hated that third game in the NCAA or in the West Coast yes. Conference tournament, which made completely sense because three games in three days, three, three games in three days. And he, remember he almost lost David uh, Stockton hit that running floater and they almost lost the first round, I think, against Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. Like, if they would have lost that game, they still get in the NCAA tournament. They're probably like an eight seed that year or whatever. That, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he's just like, I get me out of this game. Yeah. But also, you should be rewarded for winning the league. So you get a bye. And that that was kind of what they were um, upset about. And, I, you know, we've talked a little bit. Gloria Navarez is a fantastic uh, administrator and, and uh, chairman, whatever, the president of the West Coast Conference and she was smart enough to realize, yeah, these are logical arguments and yeah. we're going to change. So we're like, hey, we're going to the Mountain West. <laughs> okay, you know, and, but it scared him a little bit. You know, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, one of these days, this might be a springtime podcast mm-hmm. show, is I want to really break it down. Like if Gonzaga were to go to a different conference, yeah, that where would, be would it be? Because I, I do, I'm being honest, I think there's there are options out there mm-hmm. that I think uh, would make sense. And I think they're becoming, they will make more sense when this NIL stuff, you know, really get flushes out, flushed out and people really see how that money is going to impact college athletics. Yeah, no, the NIL stuff is a, for a whole nother show. And, and obviously we're, 
early into the process and you and I are both, you know, it's just, this is not a narcissistic take. We sold a lot of jerseys for the university. I don't have any bitterness that I didn't get a check. It's not one of those deals, but it's also like, okay, does a kid need like one and a half million dollars? Yeah. And then like, is it, you know, like places with like Texas and these long list of donors that you cannot compete with. Yeah. And then again, it goes to this for me, if I'm donating to a small university to the athletic department, now I just say, I'll just donate to a kid or give him a deal. So what about like women's volleyball? What about Mm -hmm. men's golf? Uh, the team, the, the sports that lose money, but yeah. those kids still put in their time and they're still uh, fantastic athletes. So they just, they don't get any money or they don't, the, the money doesn't trickle down to them. It's and nobody the, ever wants to say that. And no, I'm always right. just like, it's just, just like, okay, like, you know, I have two daughters, you have daughters as well. It's like, so when they get to their deal, I know uh, title nine still ends one of the greatest legislations mm-hmm. we've ever had. So like, that guy's not going to donate or that gal or that entity is not going to donate to the athletic departments. So what happens to those deals? Yeah. Like, do they disappear? There are so many. It's crazy. And that's where I've always said, it's going to take a couple of years to flesh this it's out true. because you're so right. Like there's very well deserving athletes of that course. are playing that are moving on revenue generating sports. Yes. Now what happens to those non-revenue generating sports at a smaller university yeah. that can't compete or can't doesn't compete. have an alumni base or boosters that are interested in helping those sports exactly. because you're, you're well in your own right as a booster to donate. I want all my money to go to that program. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like it, 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 a lot of times people write checks to just the athletic department mm-hmm. and then it goes, you know, divvies out. And so then now you're sitting there and well, well you know, this guy's going to be a first round pick or this gal's going to be the face of the WNBA or what have you, or she's going to be in the Olympics. I'm just yep. going to give her a deal. Yeah. So then what happens to their sport? <laughs> and nobody ever talks about that. And I just, I need somebody to explain it. Cause maybe I'm wrong. And that's the thing. I was like, I'm yeah. open to be like, tell me that I'm wrong. And then I can be quiet about it. But also like, you know, I have a cousin that plays at university of Wyoming. Like it's okay. If he goes to an event and gets 500 bucks, like I have no problem with that. That's yeah. Great cool. I wish I could have got that. But like, there's a fine line of like, okay, you're going to come to Texas son. And we're going to give you like $80,000. You're going to not even start, you know, like <laughs> everybody on the football team is going to get that. Like, yeah. so then what is like the, you know, Vanderbilt do or whoever, well, there's, you know what I mean? That's like, part of the, okay. So we were talking about BYU going to the big 12. Mm-hmm. I believe this is correct. If not, it's almost correct. Every football player, walk-ons included at BYU has perks. I believe it's a car, the use of a car. Wow. I believe that's what it is. Is it a lease or like, do they own it for you? Now that's a good question because that's another piece that would be interesting. Cause if it's a lease, it's like a rental car. If it's a, here's a car. Now you own it. I don't, I don't mind that. I really don't mind that. Cause it let a kid get around for a year. Yeah. But if you own it, then you get, you're obviously it's a depreciating asset. We know a car, blah, blah, blah. But like you get out of there and be like, well, I got a kind of a brand new car. I could sell it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So like, that's a whole different. Well, the, the other part that hasn't been, and I know we're going off on a tangent now right. with the NIL is like, how about the tax implication? Yeah. Like if a student athlete gets paid X amount mm-hmm. through a deal and if they don't handle the taxes or pay the taxes properly, <laughs> does that come down on the athletic department 
Does it come no. down on the athlete? Does no, it come it down, come on, down the- on the athlete? I mean, I think because you know how it is when yeah. when stuff gets in trouble, you cut bait. Oh, it's his fault, <laughs> you know. But it, I mean, and it's not the right thing to do. But everybody starts snitching and, and just point the finger. Kind of almost makes it easier when it was the wild wild west with money under the table. I know I never got any money. I never got anything, obviously, and that we um, that was not even the case at Gonzaga at that time. It never has been, but like. There's been schools, and it's documented, that, that uh, do that type of thing. But now it's out in the open, which I think is better that's out in the open. Just yeah. my whole point is, like, what's the line and when do we cross it? And when do it, it gets reeled yeah. back in? And then if you reel it back in with logic and still the, the kids' intentions at heart, are you going to get so much pushback that you say, well, whatever? Because I think that's now what they're doing. Yeah. It's like, same with the transfer board. It's like, whatever. So we're they like, don't want to get pushback. We're like 15 years out of you playing at college and about 20 for me. Do you know of any guys that were paid when um, you were in college? Uh, yeah, I do. Are you willing to share their name? Because uh, I've got one interesting story. It wasn't a cash deal, yeah. but it was a deal, and I was like, whoa. I, the guy, yeah, the, the, I've heard comments. So I, I'm not saying I knew guys... Or I guess, how would I phrase this? How would I say this the right way? I didn't ever saw anybody get a check from a university or anything like that. But I've heard guys be like, hey, man, I took a pay cut cutting the, coming to the league. These guys played at Kentucky, yeah. Tino era, you know, like yeah. stuff like that. Uh, I mean, let's just say, you know, like Tino Mobley and Lamar Odom went to Rhode Island with Jim Harris. Doesn't make sense. Okay, so... And, and, and that's not a knock on any of those guys, but like, if you're listening, just put two and two together. <laughs> yeah. They never said it, but like they wink like, yeah, yeah, I went to Rhode Island. Like I was one of the most talented lefty six eleven point guards in the country. And I go to Rhode Island, like, <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? So like, you can like, I guess how I should phrase is like, I knew guys were, but it's never like a topic of conversation because one, I didn't really care. Yeah. And two, like, it's a weird thing. Like, how much did you get paid? Yeah. That's a weird thing you, to you ask people about money. You didn't have the direct evidence in front of you. Yes, yeah. but, like, when guys just kind of, like, would make comments, like, yeah, yeah man, I took a pay cut, come, come to the league and laugh, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. I had, uh, so when I grew up in the Portland, Vancouver area, I used to always drive up to Seattle for workouts, a place called the Pro Club. Mm-hmm. A former NBA guy would run workouts. There'd be NBA guys, there college guys there. So it was after my senior year, I was about to be a freshman at University of Washington, and uh, Mike Dickerson yeah. uh, is from the Seattle area, Federal Way High School. He and a bunch of NBA guys we were working out, and uh, it was right after they won the the national title, Arizona, right? At Arizona, okay, yeah. And so I'm getting to know these guys, and and I'm driving like my Honda CRX up each weekend to work out, and then I go get lunch, and then come back for the second workout. And he's pulling away in a Land Cruiser, a Toyota <laughs> Land Cruiser, yeah. In Bellevue, Washington. And I'm, I'm like, wow, that's a cool car. So we're about to, you know, start the second workout of the mm-hmm. day. And I was like, hey, Mike, where'd you get that car? <laughs> right now, I'm still naive and young. Yeah. I don't really know how the deal works because no one offered me a thing in recruiting mm-hmm. from high school to college. He go, he looks at me, he goes, Dan, don't worry about it. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm dead serious. Mm-hmm. Where did you get the car? He just looks at me, he goes, you really don't want to know and you don't need to worry about yep. it. And I mean, that was like a $95,000 SUV at the time. Yeah. I mean, and so that was my first true experience. Like, okay. And then somebody else who was there, I, it might've been Eric Snow who was playing with the Sonics at the time. He pulled me over after that. I asked Mike and he was like, 
you got a lot to you got a lot to learn, young buck. He's yeah. like, don't ask, don't ask, don't go around asking too many questions. No. But guys get taken care of. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. it makes yeah. sense now. That's kind of my experience. Like, you know, you just kind of put two and two together, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, and then also like it sounds funny, but like I think really care. Like I thought it was no. more funny than anything. Like, yeah, it didn't it didn't bother me. Yeah, good for you, man. Like yeah. bravo, you know. But it, it, it's just it was a wild, wild west at times. Um, but yeah, we got into a little bit of tangent of NIL. That's uh, that we'll, we'll go over that stuff. I think in a later after the season kind of episode, I think it'd be good to kind of, yeah. and then the what ifs on certain conferences, I think it'd be good. Cause then you go, well, we might play Tommy Lloyd twice a year. And, and you know, if we went to the yeah. 12 and stuff and, and the what if game would be fun. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Gonzaga nation. I had to look over and make sure I got it right. SI. <laughs> I'm used to I'm used to just sitting in the you know huddy and then you guys uh, riding your coattail on the on the. It's audio good stuff part. today. Appreciate we'll, we'll, it. We'll bounce it back and forth. Yeah, yeah. No, it was fun. I, I like picking your brain too. Like I was saying in the previous episode, like pick your brain. It's not just always mine, basketball wise. So like let's just you know to get your take on a lot of the, what you saw and stuff like that. But uh, check us out on uh, Apple, Spotify, all anywhere you find uh, you know shows and stuff like that. I guess I don't know. You should say this part. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Gonzaga go. Nation SI. Today's host, Adam Morrison. I'm Dan Dickow. Check us out on all social media platforms, Gonzaga Nation SI. Take care. We'll see you next week.